Good evening, brothers and sisters. It's been such a long time. How are you? Great. <laughs> Thanks for the response. Um, yeah, it has been such a long time. I hope you are doing well and staying strong in the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are new today, welcome. Thank you for joining our service today. My name is May. I'm one of the pastors um, at the Chapel of Sydney. Um, just want to extend our welcome to you once again. Dear friends, it's been three months since the wave of lockdown started. I want to start by asking, are you okay? I know that are you okay day has already passed. Um, but if this season has been tough for you and you'd like someone to talk to, please reach out to us. Our email is on the screen. Even if you're not one of our regulars, even if you are new, we'd love to hear from you. If there's anything that we can do to make this season a little bit more bearable, a little bit better, we'd love to help in any way possible. This has certainly not been an easy time. And we are all trying to do our best to survive and for some of us, perhaps even trying uh, to thrive in this time. Not sure if you're noticing this, but more and more people are starting to notice that they need to pay attention to self-care. For me, um, since the lockdown started, I've started um, taking longer walks. Um, I've tried breathing exercises. I've practiced intentional decluttering. Um, living more simply, buying less things, and spending more time in prayer. What about you? Have you been doing something to help yourself through to become more grounded um, in these certain uncertain times? When we talk about self-care, generally, we think in terms of taking care of our physical, mental, and perhaps even relational needs. And while all these aspects are really important, there's actually one other aspect to self-care that we seldom talk about, and that is actually spiritual care. Tending to our spiritual needs. Perhaps one silver lining from COVID and the lockdown is that people are becoming more aware of their spiritual need. According to Google search results, there is a big surge in interest in the spiritual since the pandemic started in 2020. Here are some of the headlines. Pandemic prompts surge in interest in prayer. Pandemic is making people more religious. The search for belonging. Is COVID making us turn to religion? I wonder if you've also been paying more attention to your spiritual needs as of late. If you are, then I'm very glad for you because I honestly believe that ultimately, if we want to experience the fullness of life on this earth and beyond, then we must pay careful attention to the life and health of our spirit and spirituality. I'd love to um, give you a definition for spirituality um, from Dr. Maya Spencer of the Royal College of Psychiatrists. 
Spirituality involves the recognition of a feeling or sense or belief that there is something greater than myself, something more to being human than sensory experience, and that the greater whole of which we are a part is cosmic or divine in nature. Spirituality means knowing that our lives have significance in a context beyond a mundane everyday existence at the level of biological needs that drive selfishness and aggression. It means knowing that we are a significant part of a purposeful, un uh, purposeful unfolding of life in our universe. Is this how you feel? that this physical and material world is not all that there is? Do you have this sense that you are part of something greater or that you want to be connected to something divine or cosmic? Whether you are someone who is already keenly aware and is actively tending to your spiritual needs or someone who has never even given thought to the spiritual, I pray that our discussion today will be helpful to you. Today I'd like to share with you five things that the Bible teaches about spirituality and how to be fully and truly fulfilled and alive spiritually according to God. Firstly, the Bible affirms that we are both physical and spiritual beings. The Bible tells us that this world and humanity did not come about by accident but that this world was created by a powerful creator. And when God created mankind, he did something quite special. Let's read from Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. From the Bible verse, we can see the physical aspect, man being formed from the dust of the ground, and the spiritual aspect, God breathing into him the breath of life that makes him alive. We are both physical and spiritual. In another part of the Bible, we are also told that when we die, in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7, the dust, referring to our bodies, will return to the ground where it came from, and our spirit, or sometimes we refer to it as our soul, it could be used interchangeably. Um, you might have a def different definition, but I'm going to use that interchangeably here. The spirit or the soul will return to God who gave it. Now, one really smart person, um, I read this somewhere, but I actually can't remember who it is, but one really smart person said, human beings are not primarily physical beings having a spiritual experience. Human beings are not primarily physical beings having a spiritual experience, but spiritual beings with physical properties. We are spiritual beings with physical properties. And that is the first point that the Bible teaches, that we are both physical and spiritual. And therefore, just as we need to take care of our physical needs, we mustn't neglect our spirit and its needs. But the truth is, we know so much about how to take care of ourselves physically and perhaps even mentally, exercise, eat well, sleep early, be in community. But not many of us are sure about what it means to look after our spirit. 
Is it to partake in religious activities and rituals? Is it to practice meditation? Chant prayers? Is it to go on pilgrimages to holy sites? Or learning to abstain from the pleasures of this world, like fasting food or sex? Yet our Creator's answer to this question of how to take care of our spirit goes much, much deeper than doing these so-called religious practices. The second thing that the Bible teaches about spirituality is this. Our Creator tells us if we want to have a truly wholesome life, the first and foremost thing we can ever do to, our, to take care of our spirit is to connect our spirit to our Creator through having a personal relationship with Him. The best thing that we can do for our spirit isn't these religious practices, but to deeply and intimately and personally connect our soul, our spirit to our creator through having a personal relationship with him. But what does it mean to have a relationship with our creator and be connected to him? Well, I want to start by telling you what it isn't. Having a relationship with God isn't like our relationship with wind or gravity. Something powerful and impersonal, but affects us. It's not like that. What it's more like is like being introduced to someone who wants to be your friend. The difference between God and these powerful forces like wind or gravity is that God is a personal being. We can interact with God just like we do our family or friend. Have you heard of the saying, love is the highest vibration of the universe? This is a very popular saying among people who consider themselves spiritual. Have you wondered why we as human beings regard love to be of the highest value? Many New Age practitioners believe that if one wants to be the best self that one can be, then they must raise their vibrations and frequencies to that of love. But why is that? The Bible has a very simple and profound explanation. Love is the highest value because God, the creator of everything, is a personal being who loves the Bible tells us clearly that love comes from God and that God is love. Love isn't God because God is so much more than just love, but God is love. Let's read from the book of 1 John, chapter 4, verses 7 to 8. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Only a personal being can love. Gravity and wind cannot love. It's simply an impersonal force. But God is different. One defining characteristic of God is that he is love. 
Love is a relational term as God is a relational being. And we, his creatures, are also relational just like him. And that is why the first and foremost way to take care of our spirit is to be connected intimately to our creator God through having a personal relationship with him. And you know what? God doesn't just desire relationship with humanity as a whole. God desires a personal relationship with you. The sad news is that human race has been so disconnected from God as a whole, we are like children who are lost. We vaguely remember that we once belonged to someone. A sense that there's something else and someone else beyond what we can see. But we cannot find the way ourselves. We search and search, and sometimes we do come across something which helps us to identify and recover a little bit of what we lost. But it's like a huge jigsaw puzzle. We don't know how this one tiny piece fit into the overall picture. And if we were left to ourselves, then we would be lost forever. But thankfully, after the bad news, there is the good news. And the good news is this. God, our creator, our father, hasn't forgotten us. Our creator knows that we cannot make a home by ourselves. So he came looking for us. God sent his son to be born as a human so that he could bring us home. And this is what we celebrate at Christmas time. The birth of the son, Jesus 2,000 years ago, Jesus stepped into our dimensional plane and became one of us so that we can go back to being his. In the story Jesus told, he said, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. God loves you. He would leave the 99 in the pen so that he can go to look for you. Will you let him carry you on his shoulders and take you home? Dear friends, God is looking for you. Your spirit your soul can only be fully satisfied and be at true rest when it is found by its creator. You are made for eternity and only a personal relationship with God can satisfy that yearning. If this is what you like to do tonight, then you can begin your relationship with God today. Just like how we begin any relationship, First, you get introduced, and then you start talking. And this is what prayer is. Prayer is the act of talking to God, and that is how we begin a relationship with Him. You can, you can say something like that um, on the PowerPoint. Dear God, thank you that you are my creator. Thank you for teaching me that I can have true life only when my spirit is connected with you. 
Thank you for loving me and sending Jesus to look for me. I want to accept Jesus' offer to take me home. Please teach me how to have a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now that the introduction is made, I hope that you will reach out to us. We would love to help you learn more about God and this relationship you've started with him today. Okay, so, so far, we learned from the Bible that one, we are both physical and spiritual beings. And two, if we want to have a fulfilling life here on earth and beyond, then our spirit must be connected to the creator through having a personal relationship with him. The next thing I'd like to share with you from the Bible is this. The Bible warns us against deception and for trying to have spirituality without him. The Bible is absolutely clear that there are many different spiritual beings that occupy the spiritual dimension. There is God, the creator, the greatest of all, and they are lesser but still powerful spiritual beings and entities. Most of them worship the creator, and that's great. But some of them have rebelled against God and have made it made their mission to deceive and destroy human beings. Now, there are many rituals and spiritual practices out there that can open us up to the spiritual realm. This happens when, you know, sometimes happens when people enter into a deep meditative state or through psychedelics, when they enter into an altered state of consciousness. So I know quite a few people personally who practice these things, including members of my own family. My auntie in Taiwan has been a new age spirituality practitioner for many decades. She told me personally that she's met many powerful entities during her meditative state. She even learned many deep spiritual secrets through these beings that teach her about life in the spiritual realm. When she told me these things, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised by the fact that she could see them or that the fact that she could converse with them or gain knowledge through them. What I am, I am surprised by is her confidence. Not just hers, but many other practitioners in the new age. The confidence that they would be able to tell and discern which entities are friendly and benevolent and which entities are malevolent. Just avoid the bad ones, she would say, and you'll be fine. But if we think about it, people call these entities ascended masters or more enlightened beings, beings of higher consciousness. So how easy do you think Beings of consciousness, would, like of higher consciousness, would be able to deceive you if they come with, to you with that intention. It scares me that people think that just with, well, like without God, just based on our natural intuition, we would be able to tell the difference. But this is what God says through his words. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, even Satan or the devil 
masquerades as an angel of light. If the devil wants to deceive you and you don't have God's protection or truth, then it'll be extremely dangerous and foolish of us to think that we would be able to see through that deception by ourselves. You know, some people may protest and say, but what they say, these ascended masters and spirit guides, what they say and teach, it really works. It really helps me. It helps me now to deal with some of my problems. Well, yes, a lot of the spiritual practices and principles taught by these ascended masters, they do work. But friends, whether something works or not shouldn't be the main basis of whether we ought to do something or not. There are many things that are bad for us long term, which will work in the short term. God wants us to keep away from these practices and spiritual entities just as a good parent would warn his children about danger, God isn't being controlling or petty for giving us these rules and boundaries. No, he is protective because he is loving. God gave us these boundaries to protect us so that we would not open ourselves up to these entities Another important reason why people in our world want spirituality without God is because of the perceived freedom. Have you heard of this phrase? I'm spiritual, but not religious. What do you think people mean by that? It means that you can choose whatever works for you while not being bound by religious doctrines or authorities or accountability. This is a major reason why New Age practices became so popular. Basically, it's like going to the supermarkets and do your shopping. Choose whatever you like, whatever works for you, whatever you feel like you want to eat, without being answerable to anybody. Sorry. <laughs> I just want to remind us again that it is God who created us and our spirit. Our creator really does know us the best and loves us the most. And in the end, just as the passage we read out before told us, that when we die, the dust returns to the ground it comes from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Whether we like it or not, whether we want to actively avoid accountability or not, it doesn't matter because we're not in control of what happens after we die. God does. And he tells us that one day we will all stand before him and be answerable to him. And that is the fourth thing that the Bible teaches about spirituality, that we will all be accountable to our creator at the end. Lastly, I want to address a special group of people I want to address the people who are suffering under spiritual oppression. God wants you to know that Jesus is willing and is able to deliver you and to set you free from spiritual oppression. Perhaps you've already attracted entities into your life. If you have experienced spiritual oppression like night terrors, alien abductions, if you are fearful, 
I want, I want you to know that I believe you. But even more importantly, Jesus can help you. It doesn't matter how you started, whether it's because you didn't know any better at that time, or whether it's because you intentionally sought after these entities. But if you feel that your life has spun out of control and you desire restoration, you desire deliverance, you desire God, then Jesus is willing to help you. Come and seek refuge in Jesus. Friends, I know these things are real. Many of my family and relatives in Taiwan have been affected by powers and influences of the spiritual realm. Both my auntie and my sister in Taiwan have experienced out-of-body um, experiences. For my auntie, it was an intentional thing that she actively sought. But for my sister, it happened during her sleep. Suddenly, um, through like lots of different nightmares, suddenly she saw her own body lying there on the floor. And she saw an entity trying to approach her body and trying to enter her body to seize control. She screamed, and the next thing she remembered, she was back in her own body, screaming, like sweating, crying. Um, Annie, I'm not sure what I'm gonna say next is gonna be good for your daughter. Okay, okay. Um, Another auntie of mine started to hear voices in her head after meditating at a particular temple. The voices tormented her day and night. She was so disturbed that she had to move in with my uncle because she was no longer able to live by herself. Eventually, she attempted suicide and jumped off the balcony. Thankfully, she survived. And when asked why she did what she did, she responded that this is what the voice told her. If she didn't kill herself, then it would kill her brother's whole family. These things are real. It's happened to my own family members. I'm sharing these things with you not to scare you. That's not my intention. I'm sharing them because there might be someone you know or someone listening who is in this situation and who may be in need of help. Some of them are suffering silently because they don't want people to think that they are crazy or to become afraid of them. And when I wrote this talk, my auntie, both of my aunties, my sister, my own mom, they're the ones that were on my mind. I so wish for them to know that Jesus can and wants to help them. I pray for them regularly that they would be released from whatever it is they're doing and be reconnected to God, the true source of life. So if this is you or your friend, Jesus wants you to know that he can and is willing to help you. Jesus loves you. No other gods or spirit entities love you like the one who created you. 
Jesus loves you so much that he became human, that he willingly died on the cross for you, for your wrongdoings, for your sins, whatever shame, guilt, regret, karma even, Jesus bore it all for you when he died. And it didn't stop there. Jesus didn't stay dead. The best news is that he resurrected on the third day, showing us that he has the power to defeat even death itself. So friends, don't be afraid. Jesus can handle whatever debt you owe to these spirit entities. Jesus can handle whatever deals you have made with them. Jesus is more powerful. Is there any other God who has done what Jesus did for humanity? Is there any other being that can take on all these bad things for you or is willing to do so? This is the number one reason why you can trust God. He has demonstrated his love for you by sending his son, Jesus. God is calling you home today. If you hear his voice, if there is a stirring in your soul right now, don't delay. If you feel the power of the Spirit come upon you, call out to Jesus today. You can call out to him and say, Jesus, save me, help me. There is no safer place for your soul than to be with Jesus. Friends, if you are going through suffering and you have called out to Jesus tonight and you need help, we're here to help you. We would love to pray for you. Send us an email. Give us a message on the live chat. The email that um, I showed in the that we showed in the beginning. Could we just show our email again? You can email us. We would love to pray for you. Let us pray together.